relationship or a series of connected and disconnected moments, right? And and so don't don't worry or stop trying to ensure you never have any disconnected moments because you're not going to succeed. You're definitely going to have disconnected moments with your partner because love and relationship is so important. You're going to get your feelings hurt and you're going to look momentarily at your partner and go like, you did this to me. And then when you look at your partner, right, and say, you did this to me, they're going to be looking at you going, are you kidding me? Like, I didn't even mean what I said. Like, what are you? Like? So they're going to be looking at you like, I, like, not again right and you're going to be in that messy place and you're going to probably want to ask your partner to change the behavior they're going to be like really could you just let this go and it's just going to be it's going to be we're disconnected this is terrible and you're not everything you do and say to try and get out of it is going to make things worse the practice of being seen is about understanding who you really are and daring to share your truth with the world. This is a conversation with and for seekers, creators, and holders of transformation. We believe that stories shape relationships, and relationships shape stories. This is Rebecca Wong, relationship therapist and founder of Connectfulness. And this is Marisa Gowdy, writer and storytelling coach for healers. And this is The Practice of Being Seen. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for help from a licensed mental health professional. Today, we're excited to welcome Fiechra O'Sullivan. You may know him as Figs. Figs is a husband, dad, wounded healer, and reformed business development guy. He calls himself just another Blarney spouting Irishman. Figs has been heard on NPR's All Things Considered, and he's a licensed marriage and family therapist. Figs is someone who's passionate about helping couples love each other and feel more connected. And his new venture, Empathy, spelled with an I, allows him to do just that beyond the clients he already has the privilege of seeing in his San Francisco, California practice. I am just so in love with the work that you're putting forth and what you're bringing to couples and to people um, in relationship. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm really glad that you're here with us today, and I'm really excited about an opportunity to get to know you better in this conversation. Well, I really appreciate you reaching out to me. I, anybody that will listen to me is always is always kind of very high on my list of people I want to spend time with. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for being with us. You know, one of the things that I have um, been getting really excited about whenever I see your work is just how much fun you bring to the table, how real you are. And yeah, just well, it's interesting you say that. I mean, you know, I do, I do try and be very real and authentic in the room with, and I say in the room in this, you know, psychotherapeutic space with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it is a you know it is a bit of a growing edge for me to then bring that into a bigger kind of you know infinitely open space that is like the internet and social media i mean just hearing you right now just kind of acknowledge me for being playful and fun or whatever and bringing fun to this kind of you know, psychotherapy and healing work. Um, it's lovely. And I got to like, I got to admit, there is another part of me that gets really, really scared, right? Like, I, it's actually quite, it's quite vulnerable to be seen, because, you know, there's another part to me that's worried. For every one of you, there's someone out there that goes, would you listen to that? Egypt, who does he think he is, right? You know, whether it's other therapists or it's members of the public or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, there are people that are like, oh, what a big headed. So, so I'm not, I never let that stop me, but like, I gotta be honest, it, it's, I do want to keep having fun, but, but it is, it, it's a vulnerable it's thing edge. to put myself out there, you know, and risk being, 
being seen, right? And you know. I totally agree, but I also like I can't help but make the parallel to the work that you do with couples, right. you know, because you are a relationship therapist. Absolutely. And so that that vulnerable edge of being seen, I mean, that's what you help people sit with all the time. This is it's a different context. Absolutely. Like so. You know, I'm a big believer in that most of the things like our capacities we have as human beings, for sure, some of them are innate, but, but there are other, there are other ways that we develop like capacities to be, you know, strong or competent in the world. And this ability that I have, let's just say, you know, again, you know, I have some ability to actually share information in a way that's, yeah, to, to connect. connect and it's fun and engaging and it's kind of in language that people can actually take in, right? It's not just clinical cold language, right? Like I've developed right. those skills because like I have a deep longing to be seen because when I was a child... I didn't get it. I didn't get as much as I needed. And so I spent a lot of my life then like actually, you know, pulling away from the spotlight, you know, making sure I didn't excel, whether it was at sports, you know, I played rugby and soccer and it was, I was happy just to be on the team. Right. But now here I am after doing all this personal development work, all this work to actually show up and care for and have empathy for and grieve for the little one inside me that didn't get all of the love he needed back then, which is true for all of us. Right. right. On some level. It's true right? for all of us. And so now I can show up and I can dare to go out there into the world and like be all that I can be and risk being seen and risk the pain of not being validated or not being accepted. But I'm not going to abandon that little one inside me because it may hurt too much if I'm not accepted or not validated. So I get to do now Mm -hmm. all the things that I couldn't do back then because I didn't feel I had the support uh, or the container to be in my, you know, <laughs> my magnificence yeah. or whatever, you know, not to sound too cheesy, but you know what I mean? So, so, so that's a big, probably the deepest reason why I do all this work that I do, not only just sitting with clients, but trying to bring the message out there um, to a much wider audience is... On just on a just personal level, I'm trying to show up for for myself for yourself. For, exactly for that little boy. So, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious. You know, you said that you feel more supported now, and one of the things that that yeah. just popped into my mind when you said that was part of that. I'm I'm making a, a leap here and a guess is the support you've learned to develop for yourself for that little boy. Yeah, well, for sure. You know, I've I've definitely learned to, you know, I spent a lot of my childhood, like, swallowing my pain, my, you know, like, any kind of sadness or the pain and not being seen or feeling ashamed, not actually trying not to acknowledge it and feel it inside myself. I'm definitely doing my best to not share it at least not shared vulnerably. I might have shared it in <laughs> anger, right, or frustration with other people. But what I've learned to do over the years, and of course what I help other people do, is to actually transition from that either like shutting down or not talking about how I'm feeling or being reactive and angry about how I'm feeling and actually move towards the pain, the sadness or the shame, feel it, acknowledge it, right, and be with those feelings inside myself and even more importantly, there's another step in the journey, and this is the beauty of the work I get to do as couples therapists, not just like show up and love myself, but then actually be able to reach out to another, mm-hmm. and obviously my main other, my primary other is my wife, that I can then actually reach out from those places where I used to shut down or not talk or be angry Right, I can actually reach out for I'm sad, I feel alone, I don't feel good about myself, and I need you. Will you please be there for me? Will you not give up on me? Right? So, so it's that journey of being able to go from 
this is my go-to pattern of I'm hurting, I'm going to shut down, or I'm hurting, I'm going to be angry, and let myself feel the hurt and be there for myself, and then be able to reach out and request and receive and let in comfort from another. That's so big. It's such a skill. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that, that that also really speaks to the vulnerability, sure. right? That that vulnerability becomes that connection point because when you feel vulnerable, you get to slow down and remember to feel the things that are those pressure points. Right. And then that's the place that you reach out for the support around. Absolutely. Exactly. So that's where I'm always trying to help people. Like, you know, I always say, you know, and I, I don't know if you've read what this article I wrote, which is, um, it's called... Actually, the article has ignored this advice. It's ruining your relationship. But the real premise or the, you know, the main takeaway from the article is don't ask for your needs to be met, right? Un unless you're in one of these two situations, right? There are two good times to ask for your needs to be met. And all the other times, you're probably just going to get yourself in more trouble, right? And this is kind of like a big deal because most people in our society have been taught by the personal development movement you know, you have a right to be loved, or you know what, you need to be accepted. Now you go home and you ask your spouse or your partner, hey, you better show up and love me right, or you know what, you better stop moaning about me, right? Which is kind of crazy because all that ends up happening is you're going to upset your spouse or your partner even more, and they're going to be even more pissed off with you, right? So when are the times that you can ask for your needs to be met? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the two times. One, if you end up in a situation like this, right, you find yourself with your partner, right, running through a field of beautiful, long, swaying grass, and there's like daisies and poppies and beautiful flowers popping out of the grass, and it's sunny, you're totally naked together, you're running <laughs> hand in hand, and so you like look in your... every single day before breakfast at my house. Uh, there you go. In, in, in the in the hills of what what are the hills, the mountains you live in? The Hudson Valley exactly. is just full of poppies and naked people and all the time. There you go. Mm -hmm. Right. This is a daily occurrence in the Hudson Valley, right? <laughs> so so you're running through this these like, you know, hills in the you know, right above the Hudson Valley. Right. And and, and you look in each other's eyes. And you see in the other person's eyes, oh, my God, they're looking at you like you're so enough for them and they'll always be there for you. Yeah. And when they look in your eyes, they see, wow, right, he or she is also totally there for me and I'm also enough for them. It's the container. It's a container. You're not a threat to each other, right? You're not activated. You're not scared that does this person actually love me? Does this person actually accept me? Does this person actually, you know, want to be there for me if I'm hurting? It's all there. You're in that safe, you securely, emotionally bonded place with each other. Ask for anything you want. Here, scratch my back. Here, come here. Would you tell me how beautiful I am? Like, here, would you take me on a date? Ask for anything you want. That's brilliant. Now, the other time, the second time, that is a great time to ask for your needs to be met. And, and this is the part that I help people with, right? Yeah. And this is a process to get there, is when you are in your raw spot. You're in that place where you feel unloved, you're sad, you're alone, you feel unacceptable, or you feel like you're too much. And it's almost unimaginable to ask the other person. It's unimaginable to reach out from that pain and say, hey, I'm sad, I'm alone, will you be there for me? I'm feeling really bad about myself, right? Or I'm feeling really rejected and powerless and helpless to make you happy with me right now. I feel like I'm not enough. Could you please not give up on me? You know, I'm hearing something, yeah. a connection point between those two different examples that you gave. Right. And that's awareness. Yeah, well, for sure, there's a certain um, level of awareness that one has to develop to be able to know whether you're in a place of being securely emotionally bonded and um, if you're in the place where you're really hurting and sad and you, re you need the comfort of your primary other. Um, right. 
And so, and I just want to back up for some of our listeners and make a note that 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 secure bonding or that really vulnerable place, this is a continuum. It's not once you're in a relationship, you're in this place all the time. There's there's a fluidity from day to day to moment to moment. Absolutely right. So this is you know as you know Sue Johnson, the creator of emotionally focused therapy, right? Like a good relationship is a continue a a a series of connected and disconnected moments, right? right? So we're always going from we're connected to each other, then something bad happens, we feel disconnected, it's really painful for both of us, and then we have to be able to get back to being connected as soon as possible, right? Right. So can you help kind of shine a light on what is a very big messy middle between these two? ends of the continuum. I'm speaking here as that non-therapist who's kind of like, yeah. okay, I can, I can visualize this way, I can visualize that way, but I'm pretty sure I live in the bigger yeah. space in the middle most of the time. Help us see Absolutely. That. Well, look, that's, it's a brilliant question, right? Because one of the hardest things that I try and like conceptually get across to clients, and I don't know whether I'll ever succeed at this, right? Is this notion, you know, like it's very easy to say like relationship or series of connected and disconnected moments, right? And, and so don't, don't worry or stop trying to ensure you never have any disconnected moments because you're not going to succeed. You're definitely going to have disconnected moments with your partner because love and relationship is so important. You're going to get your feelings hurt and you're going to look momentarily at your partner and go like, you did this to me. And then when you <laughs> look at your partner, right, and say, you did this to me, they're going to be looking at you going, are you kidding me? Like, I didn't even mean what I said. Like, what are you? Like? So they're going to be looking at you like, I, like, not again, right? And you're going to be in that messy place. And you're going to probably want to ask your partner to change the behavior. They're going to be like, really? Could you just let this go? And it's just going to be, it's going to be, we're disconnected. This is terrible. And you're not, everything you do and say to try and get out of it is going to make things worse. Right. That, that place right there. Everybody knows that place. Right. And that's a normal place. That's not actually a terrible thing that happens in your relationship. But I still have to admit it's making my skin crawl to think about it. Well, yeah. But so here's the thing, right? That is a normal thing that happens between two people that are really important to each other, right? Mm -hmm. So what do we want to do, right? Let's just call that period of time we just talked about. That's a place of suffering, right? For both of you, it's actually suffering. And like before there's any quote unquote awareness or shift in perspective or having a new narrative about what love and relationship means, let's say that place of suffering lasts, you know, it lasts like, you know, two weeks long. And it caught, and it creates like, you know, 100 units of suffering during that two weeks, right? What we want to do is like through awareness and through having shared experiences of reconnecting and understanding, holy crap, it's not that you're bad or I'm bad. We just were fighting because we mean so much to each other and everything I was doing was making it worse and everything you were doing was making it worse. This is so sad for both of us. And then you reconnect and you love each other and you hold each other. By having those experiences over and over again in therapy, right, then next time you get in one of those messy places, it doesn't last two weeks, right? It lasts one week. And then a month later, it only lasts three days. And, and then, then eventually you get to a point, like my husband and I had one of those messy moments yeah. a few days ago, and it lasted 10 minutes. Exactly, right? So, yeah, but so, and that's, I love that, Rebecca. Like, you know, here you are, this amazing therapist, amazing interviewer, incredible at connecting with people, and you do still have the 10 minutes. Very much so. Right. Yeah. So we all have we all have the ten minutes. And look, sometimes it lasts longer than ten minutes for me. Right. I'm not that good a yeah. person. My wife is much better person than I am. <laughs> right. Like luckily, luckily it's cut short because she's ready to repair and reconnect quicker than I am most of the time. Right. She kind of coaxes me out of my my um, shutdown place if we get in a fight. But so so here's the thing. The magic of relationship is in the repair. The magic of relationship is not in trying to ensure you never get into a fight. So the part that I was just saying, what's the hardest thing? To help people realize don't waste your energies on trying to make sure you never fight. Learn how to get out of a fight when they happen. And how do you do that? You've got to shift your perspective. Everything makes sense when we looked at this through a systemic 
perspective as in the problem is both of us are hurt and both of us are reacting it's not your bad or i'm bad and why is it why are we hurt we're hurt because our connection means so much to us. Yeah. What I want to underline that you said yeah. is that it's about creating a new narrative of love Absolutely. and belonging. And that totally. just sent my little story storyteller's soul on fire. As I'm hearing yeah. everything you're saying, it's so much, you know, that process of moving through that messy middle is, is what we look for in stories. It's the ups and downs that moves a plot forward until you get to that point of resolution, which is Absolutely. that point of repair. And so as you're talking about going from it lasting two weeks to 10 minutes, I start thinking about it as becoming better storytellers and that you can do that in a relationship together. You start sharing your own story in a clearer way, perceiving what the other person's story is, and then essentially writing one together that's so much more focused on Absolutely. getting to that love and belonging faster, more efficiently is one way to put it, but really just knowing that's what true connection is. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a, I, that's a really beautiful way to put it. Like I, so, this, you know, the way I often hold it is like people come to see me and their narrative of love and relationship typically is, right? One person comes in and says, look, I'll tell you what's wrong with our relationship. The other person needs to get their, their act together. And the other person says, well, I'm glad you had your time to tell the therapist what's wrong with me. Let me tell the therapist a few things that's wrong with you, <laughs> right? And, and so like, that's a normal starting point, right, in some shape or form. Yeah, and I was going to say, that sounds like a first session. Yeah. So, you know, that's normal. That's okay, right? You know, um, so, and actually, I take that as good news. I go, brilliant. Here are two people that hurt right? Because of the way they're reactive with each other. I know deep down inside they're hurting when they're disconnected from each other. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I can work with this, right? You know, it's, it's actually harder to work with a couple that don't give a damn, right? right. You know, so, so anyway, so basically from that place, I am then going to reflect back what's happening between them in this new narrative. And at first it's me reflecting it back to them, right? And and, you know, they might go, well, that's interesting. And then the second time they get in a fight and I help them see it again and they go, oh, wow, that might be it. And then eventually, right, because I'm just going to be stubborn as hell. I'm just not going to deviate from helping them see over and over and over again. Would you look what's happening between the two of you, right? You poor devils. This is so hard for both of you because you love each other so much. I'm going to keep reflecting that back to them over and over again. And eventually they'll come into me one day and they'll say, this is our story of love now, figs. This is no longer what you're telling me. This is our story. And in fact, what I think is, is funny and wonderful is sometimes people come in and say, Figs, I have no idea what I got from here. I have no idea. I don't know if you helped us at all. But I do know that we get into fights together and it's no longer just my wife or my husband's fault. Yeah. I know that I play a role in it. And I know it's because of how much they mean to me and how much I mean to them. And look, that's, that's fine. That's the I work. don't mind. That's the work. It's great if they end up like they end up, they got it. And I'm just kind of like, Donald, not sure why we spent some money with that fella. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's, that works, right? But, but anyway, yeah, it's all about like creating a new narrative. And the only thing I would just say, the part in the middle, how do you make the part in the middle? Uh, and, and this is the challenge for all people that do emotional transformation work in person like trying to then like take that to a wider audience. The part in the middle gets transformed. The most important part is people have to have actual experiences of their limbic systems going from activated and threatened to relaxed and safe and then reaching out and connecting to each other. Okay, and, so for, for our yeah. audience, can you break yes. that down into language that, you know, the average person would understand? Yeah. So, so look, so, so here's the most important skill you have to develop in relationship. And it's the same stuff we've just been talking about, right? But you got to be able to go from, you don't, you don't have to be able to take your partner on amazing dates and tell them you love them all day long. And like, these, those things are brilliant, right? Like be loving, be kind, be sweet to each other, like all good. 
But where the rubber meets the road in relationship is, right, can you yourself and your partner themselves and you as an entity, as one entity, as one relationship move from escalated, as in we're in, whatever you call it, we're in a fight, we're stuck, we're disconnected, we don't feel good together. Can you move from that place to actually feeling the pain of disconnection, not just being pissed off about it? Can you feel the pain of it, the sadness of it, the hopelessness of it? And can you sit in that place, this place that you've probably been trying not to feel those feelings all your life, and now you have to get good at sitting in those feelings and not going away from it, knowing that you're feeling that way, and then can you share it with each other? And then when you share it with each other, can you love each other up? Can you actually show up and comfort each other and see that both of you make sense, validate each other's feelings, and then give each other a big hug and a kiss and reaffirm how much you mean to each other. And I just want to take that a step further for, yeah. for the couples um, or the people out there who are listening who have children. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. When children witness that repair process, right. that yes. is where they learn how to do it, how to, how to live in that space too. That Absolutely. That, I mean, that is one of the most important things for children to witness is I, the repair yeah. happening. I, I, again, Rebecca, like I love that. I, I just love that you're saying that because, you know, definitely one of the things I call on a lot with couples that are really struggling, right? You know, and it's hard to like, you know, I understand that some of the stuff I'm talking about, like, what, like, why would connecting in that emotional realm and in that vulnerable place, like, how could that possibly make a difference to the practical problem we're having of, let's just I'll pick something random. I want to live in New York and my partner wants to live in San Francisco. How could it possibly make a difference to that logistical decision if we connect with each other emotionally? At first, when people come into my office, it may need to be a leap of faith. Right, that like that that connecting emotionally first will make a difference, right? And it doesn't make a difference, right? Because I see it all the time, right? But you got to put the how do you connect emotionally first, right? But let's just say there's a couple and their parents, and they're really, really struggling with getting that. It's, stop trying to like solve the logistical problem and work out what's happening between the two of you emotionally, so you can really understand each other and have some empathy for each other. That if we do that first, it'll make the logistical problem much easier to solve, right? One of the ways to call on them to move through that process for sure is to be able to let them reflect on what would it be like for your children if they could see you guys go from fighting to feeling sad and comforting each other and reconnecting with each other right? How unbelievably healing, right? What, what an amazing way to prepare your children for a healthy emotional life where they can like show up, have their own feelings, love themselves, and actually be able to connect with another and other people in their lives. I love how you're including the permission to be sad in there. You know, that that's right. something that children need also, that they need to yeah. witness, but that they need, that couples need to experience that it's, you don't have to be happy all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, well so, so this is, uh, you know, depending on the type of client that comes in, right? I, I want to make sure this isn't going to terrify them. But I often <laughs> recite a David White poem. And let me, let me see if I can get, a, get it right, right? So I don't know if you're familiar with David White, but he's, you know, he's a, a poet. Maurice is nodding um, her head. <laughs> right. So David White is definitely one of my, you know, top, all-time teachers, right? Um, so this poem, Self-Portrait by David White, I think captures the process, the healing process that I try and walk clients through. Um, is that okay if I recite it for you? Yeah. Yes, awesome. Okay, so, so again, so it's Self-Portrait by David White. It doesn't interest me if there's one God or many gods. I want to know if you belong or feel abandoned. I want to know if you know despair or can see it in others. I want to know if you're willing to live in the world with its harsh need to change you. If you can look back with firm eyes saying, this is where I stand. I want to know if you're willing to melt into that fer fer fierce heat of living, falling towards the center of your longing. 
I want to know if you're willing to live day by day with the consequence of love and the bitter, unwanted passion of your sure defeat. <sighs> I have heard in that fierce embrace, even the gods speak of God. So what I am trying to get people to do, right, when they come to see me, right, yes, I'm just trying to guide their process naturally, but I'm going to try and bring them to that fierce embrace, that fierce embrace where it feels all is lost and defeated and they're in their pain and their sadness. And lo and behold, this place that they thought was the, was the most hopeless, the saddest place, is actually the place where they can find each other again and love each other and feel more connected. It's a place where they can be happier, right, than any kind of pursuit of trying to always be content and make sure you never fight. It's the place where even the gods speak of God, if we can <laughs> allow ourselves to have our vulnerability and connect with each other there. I love that. So, yeah, me too. You know, it, it, I just took a little trip in my mind. I took a, yeah. like a little tangent. I hope you can follow me here. While you're talking about that, one of the things that I thought about was, you know, current, current events, current day politics, and how many couples are starting to show up with this, this bigger sense of, dis of disconnect. Right. Um, you know, whether it's motivated by politics or by stories in the news or just by, by other churnings that are kind of showing up, um, other different narratives or storylines that they're becoming more aware of, that there's, um, I feel like there's some kind of message in this and maybe we can just muse on it together for a minute. Sure. But I feel like there's a message in regards to all of these skills that we know intimately as couples therapists that mm. we know work to bring couples together. Is there something greater in here that can also help heal our world? Right. Yeah. I mean, look, that's a big question that I, I wrestle with is, you know, I mean, I just talk about this on, on a personal level. I mean, this is the way, like, you know, obviously because of the current political climate, I know there's a lot of people, and me included, have become uh, really concerned and worried about, about the world at large and what's happening and the level of division in our society. And... And I look at it as, I have a, a few different capacities, right? And like, let's say there's a multitude of Fiacro Sullivans. And, and one of them is this, what I call the bridge maker. And it's doing what I do in couples counseling, where I take two people that have two different perspectives and I help them see how they actually both make sense. And from that place, if they can meet each other where they both make sense, then they might be able to have a conversation and understand each other. Right. Right. So, so do I think there's a place for bridge makers? Yes, absolutely. Right. Then, then there are the people who are the fierce warriors that are willing to go out there and name injustice um, from whatever their perspective is and actually stand up for what's right. And we definitely need fierce warriors that will put their their bodies on the street or on the line, right? And then, and then you have, like, you know, the helpers that are going to be there, right, um, that will actually be there and, you know, care for the people that are suffering, right? Whether it's, um, you know, whether it's, you know, people that are being discriminated against or, you know, people that are really scared by the level of division or people that are worried mommy and mommy are going to be separated or people that are worried. I'm like, I can't protect my children anymore because I'm worried that, you know, the level of hatred towards um, people of my skin color is so much in our society Who's going to be out there that'll actually sit with those people and love them up and care for them and give them a safe place that they can feel held and secure? Right. Right. So, so 
I, it's really, it's an interesting struggle for me personally because I feel the call of all of those inside mm -hmm. of me. You can and yet, these different archetypes. All those different, are. exactly. And, and the, the, the funny thing is like this bridge making thing that I do, I always like come back to it. It's probably what I'm best at and it's probably how I could be most useful in the world. So... So, so I, I, I want to honor, I, I struggle with, like, how do I ensure that I'm being honest and authentic? And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, lie about my politics or, like, what I believe in, you know, what I value. But I also want to make sure that I can still be a safe person for everybody to come and talk to me and feel held and secure and that I can help them bridge that gap whether it's with someone in their own family or their own spouse or it's a one community with another a different community with an opposing view that I can That's still a tremendous hold struggle both for of them. so many transformation yeah. professionals right now I think it I is. mean I'm sure there's a few people who don't feel they're in this space but I haven't met many of them yet right yeah. You know, I, I have to say, like, you know, just to be, you know, here's one of the things I'm really struggling with at the moment, you know, and I think this is just an edge for me. This is where, like, I don't feel at my most enlightened. So this is a weird, like, conflict, because on one hand, I want to be that person that can sit in the middle of people that are have opposing views. And then, but I also, I also have judgment that I notice comes up for me around other healers um, or whatever you want to call them, people trying to help transformation that are, are trying to stay so neutral that I have no idea what they believe in. Yes. Right. Like because I, something about knowing their belief that, I mean, we, we need to know where someone stands in order to know right. if we trust them. Absolutely. So, so look, the judgment part of me, I'm going to be totally honest, I go to it's cowardice, it's like, it's inauthentic, it's, um, you know, it's equanimity built on, on quicksand. Mm -hmm. And I just like, please, I, I just need to know who you are. Like, you know, I, I can trust your capacity to hold different beliefs, but I got to know who you are personally. And so, so one of the things, again, yeah, so I'm, I'm really struggling with, with finding my own way in this, this world we live in, full of division. Um, and, I, and I am having difficulty with, with accepting some of my colleagues that, um, that remain completely silent. Or resorting mm -hmm. to puppy pictures. Only. Or exactly, or the old bypass, the, the, the puppy kitten picture bypass. You know, I, it makes me think of a quote by um, Ellie Wiesel, um, where he talks about love is, love is the opposite of indifference, I think is what he says. Right. Right? Yes. Um, because the indifference, the silence, that's... You know, we, we need, what we all need now is more love. We need to love harder. We need to find each other. We need to work on those repairs. We need those bridges and the warriors and the helpers. We all need to be held in different ways. Right. But we don't need silence. Silence is the stuff that we're not trusting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, what is it? The Martin Luther King quote, the, um, it's not... It's not the words of our, you know, enemies that we'll remember. It's the silence of our friends. Yes. So, so, you know. That's you powerful. Know, I, yeah. So, so this is just something that I, you know, I know many of, many of us, many of my clients are struggling about how to be in our roles, as you say, as um, transformational, like emotional transformation facilitators and like people that could be held um, to some account to share their own process with things you know of what's happening in the world um, and, and yeah like I'm still trying to find my way right how how to be honest about I 
I'm really worried and concerned about about you know how the minorities and less fortunate among us are being treated in our society. And I want to be honest and, and continue to stand up for what I believe is right. And yet, at the same time, have empathy and compassion and understanding for and, and be available to talk with people that have a completely different point of view than me. You know the people I'm, I'm struggling with the most is, like you said, the, the puppies and the kittens, and they just don't care. <laughs> or you they're know. afraid to care. Or they're afraid to care. It's, exactly. it's all another thing. You know, I keep hearing right now is we need stillness, not silence. Right. And that's like where people that. can trust that we can be a container to hold their stories. Yeah. Right. They, they need us to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know, Figs, this is bringing me back a little bit to thinking about this, um, the site that you're building, Empathy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, what the, the tools that this site can can share with, with the community and, and the accessibility of it. Right. Can you yeah, talk well, towards that a little yeah. bit? Yeah, so, so I had the idea about three years ago to try and build a web process, an online process that could introduce um, individual people and couples to the wisdom of attachment, you know, and that's like, you know, all the science behind uh, emotional bonding and, you know, like and how to understand love, right, and what happens inside a person and between people in matters of love and, and connection, right, to actually help them understand who am I as an individual, who is my partner as an individual, and who are we as one entity, right, and to do that in a way that's free, Right, that you can do it like without anyone knowing you reached out for help. Mm. Right, so there's no barrier to entry financially, there's no barrier to get started because it's so scary to reach out for help in your relationship because it would be like admitting there's something wrong with you or your partner, your relationship, and that's too much to confront. And then there's also no geographic limitation, right? Because Look, here in like somewhere like San Francisco, right, there's like therapists like, you know, I can't throw a stone without hitting a therapist. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's not, it's not, yeah, exactly. I know. I got to be careful. <laughs> therapists are, oh, I always seem with like, you know, band-aids on their head. You know? <laughs> but, but like, but it's not the same everywhere else, right? That you can just easily find someone that actually knows what they're doing. Right. right. So, so I created this process where that could be for everybody and anybody that's in relationship that they could get some tremendous value by going through answering a bunch of questions about themselves, reading really fun and engaging reports about this is who I am from an attachment perspective. And then, of course, you can invite your partner and they can find out about who they are. And then when you both have answered the quiz, then we also send you a report. This is who you are together. And these are all the steps you need to work on to have an amazingly awesome relationship. And then on top of that, then we stay in touch every single day. Or you can change your you know, level of contact with us if you choose where we send you personalized relationship tips and prompts and reminders about how to keep this new narrative alive so that you can always come back to, right, we, we fight because we're important to each other and, mm -hmm. you know, we both hurt because we mean so much to each other, et cetera. And this, so so I, oh, go th on. this brings me towards this, like, it, it sounds like it's such a great act of social activism to bring it back to the family, to bring it back to the couple right. and to give them skills that maybe they didn't have or they didn't have access to. You know, because when I, when I also was listening earlier to you describing these different archetypes, the bridge maker, the warrior, the helper, I was thinking, well, those are all different roles within a family. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, so so here's if I you know so this this empathy product, right, you know, empathy.com is gonna launch on April 15th. And right. you know so 
and it's kind of like a, a very grandiose mission. But but the goal of empathy is to help people start to have some you know some compassion for themselves and empathy for other people, right? And so, what's the what's the the hardest and most accessible place for people to learn that in? In their in their family, right, and with their yeah. primary did you partner. Say hardest and most accessible. He did. Yes, hardest <laughs> and most accessible, right? So, like, because, like, look, if you're in a, if you, you know, there's no point in learning just how to be empathic with a stranger, and then you come home and you're like, you know, your the dishes aren't washed, and you're like, ah. Oh what the hell's going on, right? <laughs> like, you know, or like, you know, right, your partner comes home with, late from work and you're like, oh, I can't believe you don't prioritize me, oh, <laughs> right? Like, you know, so, so if you can learn it though in that cauldron of your relationship, how to understand another person and love them and accept them, right? Even though sometimes your feelings get hurt by what they believe or what they say or what they do or don't do, then you can take that empathy that you have now like freaking created these new pathways, new neural pathways that you can feel empathy for someone that, that can be difficult sometimes to feel empathy for. And then you can expand it into the world. You can grow it. Yeah, Next time you're it. walking down the street and you see someone shouting at the parking meter man, instead of going like, you know, you might still momentarily go, what an ass, right? <laughs> But maybe five minutes later, you go, mm, the poor devil was feeling really, really powerless. Oh, I know that feeling, mm -hmm. right? You can actually have some empathy for them. And then when you see someone like on cable news with different political beliefs than you, at first, yeah, you might still feel threatened by them. But eventually, you might be able to go, but you know what? Like, yeah, they're hurting too. Like, yeah, it kind of makes sense that they could come to this, like, different narrative about how to solve the world's problem because they're bloody scared as well right well you know right? i love this as as a reframe you're offering because you know mother Teresa has been had said if you want to go change the world go home and love your family Beautiful. which i think is immensely comforting to some but i've also right. heard it kind of spoken as something you can do when you have a lens of privilege that allows you to kind of <laughs> go home right. and close the door and say everything's totally. fine here absolutely and that assumes a lot um, so I think there's always that little bit of tension in what is really true and brilliant insights that it does all have to begin at home. Um, right. And I know I still struggle with this a bit, even though I, I understand that it being the hardest and most accessible place to do the work. Yeah. Well, look, so, well, so look, it is a privilege. You're absolutely right. It's a privilege to be in a place. Like, the fact that, you, that anybody could take the time to go, here, come here, let's take a look at our relationship and what's happening between us emotionally, that we're not actually needing to spend every moment of the day going, how in the name of God are we going to put food on the table and have a roof over our heads, right? right. How are we going to make sure we're safe from being like, you know, bombed or shot or like our school is going to be graffitied with swastikas or, you know, whatever it is, right? Like, it's, a, it's absolutely a privilege. But then, come here. You, you have to take it. If, if you're fortunate, it doesn't like, so, so, yes. so, like, you're blessed. I'm blessed to be privileged enough that I can do this work to understand myself emotionally and be able to cultivate empathy for others. That's like, like, I have to take it now, right? So, so that's the way, like, to not do it, to have the, the privilege and then to like to sit down and watch Netflix all night. No, right? Or like, is it to have the privilege and then like, you know, like show some people some cat and puppy videos? No. Right or to just bury yourself away from the world. Here, come here. It doesn't affect me, so I'm gonna like you know, you know, I'm gonna just live my life. I don't see why everybody's getting all upset about stuff. No, right? You gotta use your privilege, right. in my opinion. <laughs> and for the people that don't, that want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix, well, look, of course they can. At the same time, is their right? Is their right to choose to do that? Right. We have empathy for those who have not had the capacity exactly. to go deep. 
that's totally fine. Right. Going deep is a privilege, but it's it's a great privilege to be able to go there. Absolutely. Figs, this has been so amazing just to get to know you on this level and to dive in with you. Well, thank you. It's been really nice. I had a brief moment, by the way, it's so funny. Just as you were saying that, a brief moment of like, you know, the like the uh, the inner critic or the judge, whatever you call it, the top dog, just quickly scanning over our our time together and go, "Oh my God, what have I said?" Right? <laughs> I just like I had a moment of total shame and like just like, "Oh no, please, why did I talk to you guys so openly and honestly?" Oh no, but um, sorry. So uh, it, it's it's been. You guys are awesome. Obviously, you made me feel so comfortable that. I probably talk even more openly than I thought I would. So, so I really, I <laughs> and, really and appreciate you, you. And thus, you, re- you reveal a fourth archetype here. It's not just bridge makers no. and warriors and helpers. There's also that nasty critic that so many of us have. Oh, that's exactly. really important to see that too. Yes. We are intimately yes. familiar with that critic. Mm. Yeah, he's a, he's alive and well. You know, you know. The last, I was just saying, like, I still to this day have a shiver that goes up my spine, right from bottom to top, just like oh. Every time I think of the speech I gave at my sister's wedding, <laughs> I just like to this day I'm still like oh, jeez, why did I talk? Oh. Right. So, so I still have, like, after talking to you guys now, I still have that moment of like, (gasps) you know, anyway, but look, this has been lovely. And again, I am, I feel so honored and grateful that you would be interested in talking to me and listening to me and asking me questions and we are we are so thrilled to have had you here and can you let our listeners know where they can find you? And we're of course going to include all of this in our show notes as well. Right. So, so like I said, so empathy.com, and that's empathy with an I on the end, not a Y on the end. So E-M-P-A-T-H-I.com. And empathy is going to launch April 15th, but you can sign up now. There's just a little like, you know, enter your email. And if you enter your email, you'll get notifications of, you know, every time I write something. And Perfect. you'll... You'll get to try empathy when it launches, and then and if I'm you want to watch your like, writing too, because you are a blogger right. to <sighs> read. I so enjoy what you write. Oh, considering well, I have to read for a living so much of the time, it's just a pleasure to sit down oh, and say, "Ah, oh, well, this you. is going to be a good story." Well, I look. Hey, I, I want to talk to you guys every day. You're going to be so <laughs> complimentary. So, so, so I write on I write on medium.com and. I believe I'm at, at Figlet, medium.com, and then if you go to medium.com, and um, it's at Figlet. <laughs> You'll send us that link, and we'll make sure to include that okay. in, our show, yeah, in yeah. our show notes, too, so right. that people can find it pretty easy. Yeah. Figs, no thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you, Marisa. Thank you, Rebecca. It has been a pleasure to talk to you, and... Um, I hope we get to talk again soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. For more great content, check out practiceofbeingseen.com and spread the word by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. Music written and performed by Christopher Ferris and produced at Kidneystone Studio. Studio.